This episode is brought to you by Auth0. That's Auth0.com. In this episode, we get to speak with Senior Developer Advocate at Auth0, James Q. Quick. Being a developer advocate and content creation. Welcome to Thunder Nerds. I'm Brian Hinton. And I'm Frederick Fulabon Vice. And thank you so much for consuming the Thunder Nerds, a conversation with the people behind the technology that love what they do and do tech good. good. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us again. Brian, go ahead and take us off. Yeah, I'd like to thank the season sponsor. Uh, it's Auth0 and what they care about, I care about. Identity, keeping it safe, keeping it secure, making it easy to set up. And they do just that by ha- providing a standards-based unified login uh, as a service, both authentication and authorization. And just go to Auth0.com today and find out more yourself. I'd also like to thank all those lovely people who click that subscribe button on YouTube. Uh, keep, keep doing that if you're listening right now or watching right now, do that and then click that little bell thing and you'll be notified when we're streaming live. And of course, subscribe on your podcast listener of choice and Frederick. Yeah. And also you could live chat with us, ask the yes. guest questions and interact and we'll, we'll ask them on the show. So it'd be uh, super cool if you could uh, jump in and uh, play around with us. We'd love to uh, talk with you. Thank you. So with that being said, and without any further ado, let's go ahead and get to our guest. We have developer, speaker, teacher, senior developer advocate at Auth0 and Rubik's Cube master, James <laughs> Q. Quick. Ah! Welcome to the yeah. show, James. Thank you. I appreciate it. So glad that yeah. we threw in the Rubik's, Rubik's Cube part there. Under... Under a minute, typically, like maybe a few seconds over, but generally average is like a minute. I anyway, yeah. I read on LinkedIn, I saw two minutes. Now we're going down to one minute. What, what is it, James? So I haven't, I haven't updated that in a while. And I hadn't touched a cube at that point in like Got probably me. like four years. And when I was working at FedEx, the past couple of years before joining Aussie a few months ago, um, I would just like stand up at, at standups and I would do the cube. So I practiced a lot more and it's about a minute or so now. So under the two minutes, under the two minutes for sure, usually about one minute. Wow. It's impressive because I can never do it. I know there's like patterns to memorize, and but you have to figure out what the pattern is. And yeah, yeah I'm not good. Yeah, this was, this was a big craze <laughs> for us in high school. Uh, we would have competitions of like seeing who could do it the fastest, making weird patterns and trying to solve them. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. I never actually have witnessed somebody do it in real life. So uh, that'd be very cool. You know, your, your name is uh, very interesting to me. It sounds like a, like a Wes Anderson movie, like <laughs> the exciting adventures of James Q quick. Like, yeah, I, I really love, love the name. I like that you stuck with the Q. The Q's for? Q is for Quentin. Um, and so fun fact, if you search James quick, there is unfortunately, he is in the NFL now or was at some point. Uh, James Quick, who played receiver at Louisville in college. So I had to kind of adapt something new. So I, I brought on the middle initial. And now, like, the Q is just kind of a big thing for me because I've obviously got two of them. Not that many people can say that. 
Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's 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 sticky. It's catchy. I really I really like it. Like I said, it makes me think of like a Wes Anderson movie, like you know <laughs> the amazing things you're doing over here, and everything's very symmetrical. It's 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 a it's a cool name. So, man, uh, how have you been doing? Uh, what's your current situation with the COVIDs? You're you're in Memphis, which I think they're handling it a little bit better than most. Am I, am I right about that? I don't, I don't know if I would say better than most. I like we're probably <laughs> well, not one of the ones that you hear the most expression. about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we're one of the, like one of the There's worst There's not a ones. high bar. But yeah. Well, I guess if that's the case, I don't know. But um, yeah, things have, things have like gotten more restrictive now, like required to wear masks everywhere we go. Um, I guess that's pretty standard. I don't know if that's everyone or not, but it's standard for us just because things have gotten worse. Um, yeah, the interesting thing for me, or one of them is like, I started with Osiro back in January. So I was working fully remote at that point. And, uh, so in like a work sense, other than not traveling for conferences, which I would have done a reasonable amount, um, I like nothing's changed too much. Like I do more of this type of activity. I've spoken remotely at conferences several times. I do a lot more live streams myself. Hmm. So that's new, but that's also exciting. So like work-wise, it hasn't been too bad. Personal life, it's been like, pretty boring, pretty like anxious, want to get out and do stuff. Uh, my wife tried to get, and I try to get a little creative. We played disc golf, um, gotten into that recently, which has been fun and tried out a couple of new courses, but yeah, there's not, not a whole lot to do. Are you a extrovert? I imagine so. I, uh, yeah. So for the most part, yes, I am super extroverted with people that I, uh, am familiar with that I know. And even, even if I just met, but we like kind of hit it off and, and we start to like kind of vibe together, I'm, I'm super extroverted. One of the loudest people in a group. Usually if I'm in a situation where it's people I don't know, and I don't already have a connection, I'm a lot quieter. I, I don't like, like wasted small talk. I don't really feel a need to do that. So if I don't have like mm -hmm. a natural enjoyment of a conversation, I just, I kind of shy away from it. So I've got a mix, but yeah, I'm probably more extroverted than not. Yeah, so I imagine this is a little bit more harder for you than than uh, others. With uh, with the introverts, we're okay, but the extroverts, <laughs> you you suffer a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's been um, talking about streaming though. I've I've gotten to meet several people through live streams that I've talked to on Twitter. So that's actually been really cool because I've like get to have the time before and after the the stream to just kind of chat and meet them. And I've done like a lot of random one on ones with people to just have conversations and stuff. So that's been helpful, but yeah, it's not, not quite the same as being at a conference in front of a, or with a bunch of people. How's no, this, no. how's the streaming experience been for you? Is it uh, uh, weird <laughs> at all to do it that way? <laughs> it's been honestly really natural. It's worked really well. Like I've, I've spoken at a few conferences remotely and they just did like an amazing job. Everything was like really put together and organized and just flowed naturally. And oh, they, nice. they really had creative ways to drive communication. And obviously you can't replace like the in-person interaction, but it was pretty close. Um, and then the streams that I've done, like I said, it's, it's stuff that I wanted to get into. I've gotten to meet some cool people, learn some cool stuff. And uh, yeah, so I, I'd say overall, it's been pretty positive. I think the one benefit of a stream is you instantly, you pretty much can instantly have a recording. Uh, right, yeah. one. And, and two, like one thing I always have had a problem with at conferences, especially if there's any code demos, is that no matter how big the screen is, like there's always somewhere that you're setting that you, you just can't yeah. see it. Yeah. So you do get that benefit. So that, there's positives. positives yeah. I miss restaurants going out to eat <laughs> so we much. Have yeah, we have done like maybe once a week we go somewhere and we wear masks and, yeah. and obviously take them off to eat and like it's like every other table type thing. So it's it's okay. But 
Um, right. Yeah, that's that's Not like our Florida. You don't want to do that. Yeah, right. So <laughs> no. bad here right now. So like I, guess, I was I saying, that the bar's not very high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So where where in Florida are you? I'm in St. Pete. I'm oh, in Sarasota. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but my... not the worst area for, yeah. for for the COVID. Okay. My wife yeah. is from Tarpon Springs, um, so north of St. Pete. Yeah, St. Pete is uh, pretty bad right now. The Pinellas County uh, hospitals are announced that ICUs are at capacity. So, oh gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but when you look at places like Miami and oh yeah, Miami is way worse. Yeah, yeah, it's but yeah, people. Exactly. It's it's not a not a great situation for everyone. Uh, What are we going to do after this? Are we going to uh, are we going to go back to a, a normal thing, James? Or is everybody going to go back to an office and everybody going to just go? I can't wait to go back to an office. I'm, I'm going to go there and that's what I'm going to do. Or are we going to we're going to go uh, keep our remote schedules? I think you'll see a lot more people staying remote. I think if if companies by this point have gotten used to it to the extent that they're like relatively as productive as they had been, and now potentially they don't have to pay for office space. Mm-hmm. I think that's really appealing and especially if the people like it. Um, so I don't, I can't speak for FedEx, but I do know some people that still work there and they, at least in a, a kind of a questionnaire out, just asking what people would be interested in. So I have no idea what they'll do, um, but they're, they're at least asking. And I think for conferences, like I said, like I, there's, there's nothing quite like being at a conference and being around a fun group of people and hanging out and going out and getting dinner and drinks and stuff after. But several conferences have proven that they can run it online. Well, they can have it be a lot cheaper. Logistically, there's a lot less to take care of and it's open to more people, right? Because it's not a $500 ticket or something. So I think people are really interested in, in that um, from both sides, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously not everything's going to continue to be remote, but I think a lot of stuff will be. I, find it have- I was just gonna say, I find it interesting the amount of conferences that are actually still charging like really high fees and it's yeah. a remote conference. I, I'm kind of, it's hard for me to stomach paying $800 for a remote conference. Uh, yeah. I don't really quite, quite get that. <laughs> yeah. The ones, the ones I've done, I think one was like 20 bucks and then the other yeah. like two or three were free. So yeah, you would think there'd be some kind of balance there. But, yeah. you know, there, there's definitely things about being at a live conference. The conference isn't about just the um, interaction that, you, that you're having with um, who's, who's speaking with the presenter. It's also running into those people in yeah. the, uh, in, after the uh, presentation, having conversations, a little bit of back and forth with them, making connections, networking. Hey, what technology are you using or what side projects are you up to? Things like that. Yeah, definitely. The one, uh, going back to streaming, like one of the cool things with that is you can actually get some interesting real time feedback and communication that you wouldn't get during a live talk because people can send questions in the chat and that's like, like it's fun, right? Like I'm writing code and people are helping debug stuff or they're coming up with new ideas uh, or they're asking questions to help like spark the conversation. So in that sense, like it's actually kind of a unique experience. That's pretty special. You're doing a lot of that on Twitch. Yeah. Um, so most of it has been, I've done a few, like what I, what I call like webinars that are a little bit more formal and longer on uh, YouTube, but most of the stuff that I've done has been on Twitch. Nice. So go ahead, Brian. Oh, I, I'm curious what you're using. Are you doing OBS or what do you all, uh, have set yeah, up? Sure. Um, so yeah, we use, or several of us use Streamlabs, So it's just built on top of OBS and has some other 
niceties that comes with it. Um, we actually, all zero just invested in StreamYard, not necessarily to do our um, coding streams, although we might, um, but the, we have a program called Avocado Labs, which is uh, basically kind of a, a meetup format for people to come and give talks, especially during COVID when they don't have in-person meetups and they have less opportunities to give them in practice. Hmm. So that's something we're really proud of and uh, just invested in StreamYard so that we can uh, go through it to get to Twitch and YouTube. And it's in the browser. So like the barrier to entry for someone that wants to facilitate, facilitate a stream is much simpler. Cause like if you've worked with OBS or Streamlabs, you get used to it, but it's not the easiest thing to get started with initially. Um, so that's kind of one of the cool things that we're doing, but yeah, for all the ones that I've done so far has either been OBS or Streamlabs. Yeah. OBS isn't the most turnkey kind of thing. There's yeah. definitely a learning curve. <laughs> yep, definitely. Yeah. So uh, I, I see on your, um, one of the things that you wrote is that I live by the motto of learn, build, teach. Where does that come from? Why, why do you have to, and I'm going to use the words have to, why do you have to teach? Why do, <laughs> what, what, what's driving you? What's this passion to, I mean, cause you are publishing a lot of content uh, mm. at a good interval. Uh, what, where's this come from? Yeah. Um, so first off, learn, build, teach, uh, like it's probably relatively self-explanatory, but if it's not, the idea is that you spend a lot of time learning, right? And in tech, that's an ever changing thing. There's always a new framework and library and language and stuff. So you're always learning that never ends. And uh, you take the things that you learn and you build stuff, whether it's a personal project for your portfolio or a project at work or whatever, you, you use what you learn and you build with it. And then at the end of that, for me, and then you kind of get into like, you have to, um, teaching is this really interesting way of like basically verifying whether or not you know what the hell you're talking about. Like when I get ready to do a YouTube video and I get started, I paused. I'm like, oh, I don't know this as well as I thought I did. <laughs> so being able to explain and articulate things to people reinforces the things that you thought you learned and then kind of raises some awareness to things you might not have learned as much as you thought you did. Um, so anyway, for me, I, I came out of college and started as a technical evangelist at Microsoft and that was my job. It was giving talks and workshops and demo content and that kind of stuff. And I did that for three years and then uh, transitioned to FedEx and I was doing uh, just kind of like your traditional full stack web development, I guess. And realized I just really missed creating content. I missed teaching. I missed being around people, like getting out in the community and doing that sort of stuff. So a couple of years ago, I just started doing it again. I started creating videos, uh, ended up writing blog posts. I wrote a lot for Scotch IO that got acquired by DigitalOcean um, in oh, the yeah. last six months or so, I, I, maybe eight months. I don't know how long it's been. Um, and I started doing a lot more in the community. I ended up teaching a boot camp in person in Memphis. That was a lot of fun. And I just, I enjoyed that engagement. I think like creating the content itself is a challenge. It's fun. It's a good way to learn new things, but also, like I said, reinforce things you thought you knew. And then just the positive comments that people leave, like this is like the cliche thing, but it's true. Like it's pretty inspiring to hear someone have like a positive outcome from something that you created. And maybe contrary to popular belief, but even on YouTube, most of my comments are positive. Like people are really scared of like spammers and trolls and that kind of stuff. But for the most part, it's been a pretty positive experience. Oh, you just jinx yourself. Jinx yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow's going to be uh, the worst. <laughs> someone's going to watch this and be like, oh yeah, all right. <laughs> Coming for you. Here we yeah. go. Type, 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 type. <laughs> my other part of my question was, how are you putting this out uh, so frequently? Is it just one of those things where I think a lot of people struggle to get content out because uh, either, you know, life 
They're busy, they're working, family, et cetera, et cetera. Like doesn't sleep. Are... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I is sleep it, is this just actually. part of your lifestyle? Like, is this just woven into what you do and who you are? I think it is in, in several different ways. So one, like I'm a developer advocate now. So my job is creating content and doing the same type of stuff. Now that's not to say that I'm not doing a lot of it on my own, but the skills and things overlap, right? So if, if I get better at doing something at work, that means I'm that much better at doing it on my own. That means it's that much faster to do it. I think like in terms of, I do a, a video, a YouTube video a week, and I've gotten in a good cadence of, I can find a relatively easy topic from the perspective of like, I can kind of make a few notes and then get started and run through it. And then the editing process isn't too bad because I don't really do anything really fancy. It's just kind of a screencast thing. So like I've gotten in this rhythm of doing that. The thing I want to try to challenge myself to do, which is going to be difficult, is to make those like screencasts and things more cinematic, like more exciting and more entertaining, <laughs> more like eye grabbing. Lens flare. Yeah. <laughs> And that's, that's something that I just don't know, right? Like I haven't done as much of that. I've done a lot of recording my screen and being on a webcam, but I haven't done cool, creative things along the way with it. Um, one thing that's actually really helped is my wife's hours have changed during COVID. So she works at a hotel and um, as a sales manager and her hours kind of flipped where they were really having their salary staff cover the front desk and do the things that hourly people would typically do. And that was them trying to save costs, unfortunately. But um, my wife would go in and be at work at seven o'clock. So I would wake up, we've been waking up earlier, 5.30 or six, and she's gone by 6.30. And then I spend like an hour and a half, maybe two, just kind of working on my own stuff. And that's just because I don't need to start actual work until 8.30 or nine, I've got time. Um, and I enjoy creating content. It makes me better at my job. It helps me learn more. So it, it kind of overlaps there too. But ultimately, I would love to see like a career in actually creating my own content. Like if I could, if I could make a living doing that, which not that many people actually do, um, that would be a dream, right? To, to completely like drive everything yourself that you do and uh, be able to do the stuff that you enjoy every day. Not that I don't enjoy my job because I do enjoy that, but like doing the content where I get to decide every day what it is, I think would be pretty cool. Is there any particular content that you haven't covered yet that you are uh, really interested in, in covering? Something that you're very passionate about that you just haven't got to? Um, well, I, in terms of like content, I like things I know, but I haven't created content around. Gatsby is one of them. Mm. Um, I haven't done go. anything in Gatsby and my personal site is Gatsby and I have done, I guess I've done streams with Gatsby, but um, yeah, I haven't created any dedicated content with that. That's something I would eventually we'll get around to. Uh, Next.js, another uh, framework on top of React is one I've spent almost no time with, but would love to. I'm really interested in that and then lead to content eventually. Another thing that like I've got on my list this year of things that I'm not necessarily super excited about it, but I know I need to have the experience is just getting into automated testing. Like I have relatively little experience in testing and that's something that I think I need to kind of push myself to get more practice with and then that'll lead to content as well eventually. But honestly, it's kind of hard. Like as a content creator, you get a backlog of like a hundred different things you could do. And it's hard to get to them. Even if you do a video a week. What, what is your, uh, your video actually recording experience? Like, do you, uh, do you do everything in one take or do you, do you sometimes <laughs> record the whole thing and then you realize your audio is messed up? Um, <laughs> It's funny. I just posted about, it was only two or three minutes. Um, but I recorded something, um, 
yesterday or the day before and the audio was not on and again it was only <laughs> two or three minutes so it wasn't too bad but yeah um yeah i would for the most of my stuff it's usually one take and then i just splice it out right like yeah. if i pause or if i mess up or if i need to go look at another screen when in the editing process really just look at like the sound waves and if the sound like dips and doesn't do anything i know i need to cut it out and that's that's where I've gotten pretty streamlined where I can go through and I can splice a video together pretty quickly, but I don't have like that finished pol the like extra ness to it that a lot of other like really successful YouTubers have, I guess. Do you actually, uh, do you actually uh, script and outline? I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious, like your, your process. Sorry. No, uh, not at all. Um, and I think oh, really for me, mm. I like, I want it to be a lot more natural. Um, mm. As far as scripting, like the most I'll do, and I don't necessarily, I don't do this every video, is I'll, I'll have like a couple of bullet points just to make sure I don't miss something. Um, but no, I, I, as a speaker and as a content creator, I don't want a script. Um, I, I want it to be pretty natural. And I've always said for people that are interested in speaking in any capacity, once you get up and speak about something you're comfortable with and you know, you're just talking, right? Like you're just having a conversation with someone and yeah. you can explain it to them like that. So yeah, I don't, I don't script anything at all. Now I will for like an intro to, which is like 15, 20 seconds or something. I will say it enough times that eventually it's the same thing. I'm just waiting to like nail it. So I might say it 15 <laughs> times in a row and then take the last one. But I didn't script it beforehand. I just said it enough times to, I kind of fell into, all right, that's what I want. Oh, nice. I like that. That's a natural way to do it. So what are you using mm -hmm. for editing? What's your video editor? Yeah, so recording and editing is all in ScreenFlow. Um, so I do everything there. Mm -hmm. I yeah, have been flow. really interested actually in DaVinci Resolve. So I watched a YouTube video about the top video editors in like free paid and like more expensive paid tiers. And mm -hmm. uh, DaVinci Resolve was the winner in the free and the winner in the uh, medium tier when it was free and the other ones were paid for 30 bucks or whatever the other ones were and was like a competitor right next to like premiere in the top category. So I was kind of curious to take a look. I've got it downloaded, but I haven't actually edited anything there yet. So you have courses on a few relevant different topics here. You're covering things like front end development, back end development, web design, I guess, and, and all uh, developer tools, people skills and career development. What kind of people skill stuff are you talking about? I'm, I want to get into it more. So I just posted today actually that uh, a couple of weeks ago, I gave my first, uh, whatever phrase you want to choose career skills, people skills, it's more career, I guess, but, um, it's really about my ups and downs and my career. And it was one of like the most vulnerable presentations I've ever gone. It was pretty like personal information about like my career and, and things that I've gone through and, in, in my, in my life. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that because I wanted it. I think, I think content creators, especially, and, um, and just people who have been around and, and written code longer, I guess, like you kind of look up to these people as like, they know everything and everything's been perfect and it's all worked out and it's never the case. And I think you see a lot more of content creators and speakers and people just like being really honest and, and being transparent about their lives and, and trying to help other people fight imposter syndrome. Cause we look at what everybody else does and we forget about like how special and unique we are and the things that we've learned that other people don't know. Um, so anyway, that was kind of the, the big thing for me. The overall message was the idea of like, if you're unhappy with something in your life or in your career, like 
go out there and do something to make a change. And really appropriately, someone commented and said, like, that's a great message, but like some people can't just like leave their job and go find a new job. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I, I totally understand that. But even though you can't just leave a job or find a new job, you could like spend $10 on a Udemy course to learn more. That's how I got into web development. You could go and watch YouTube videos. You could network, not in person right now, but in person through Twitter and like meet people and reach out and ask questions. Like you've got a lot of control, but you have to be willing to like focus on those things and go out there and try and do them. So it's supposed to be like transparent, realistic, and like motivational, I guess. And I want to get into doing a lot more of that kind of content going forward. Yeah, that content's so valuable. I mean, it's, you can't, what is it? The, the old, how to eat a whale one bite at a time. Well, yeah, like you, yeah. you, you have to take these small no. steps and you have to it's be the big. one to, too big. <laughs> you have to be the one to take ownership of your own uh, destiny. You know, yeah. Yeah, you have to be the one to say, you know what, I'm, this is what I want to do. What does it look like for me in, you know, 10, 15 years? What's going to exactly. make me happy? And I'll, you know, you might play with some of these courses, watch some things and go, you know what, that's not for me, but this is more my flavor. I mm-hmm. like that. That's my style and go down that path. So if you just have to try, you have to get into it. Yeah. And I like everyone always talks about like having passion for what you're doing. And that gets into like, a lot of these things are relatively cliche depending on how <laughs> you take them and apply them. But yeah, like, I found the things that I specifically enjoy. I had never done any JavaScript. I'd never done any web development. And I took a course on Udemy and I was like, holy shit, this is really cool. Like I can actually see something I built and like see the result of the effort that I put in. And I started doing more of that. And I went in like different paths. I went down like a Ruby on Rails path for a while and a WordPress path for a while. And then just kind of settled into like the JavaScript ecosystem. And now I'm much more opinionated about the things that I enjoy. And I get to spend my time there based on like, the things I do at work, the content that I create in my, in my personal time and the, and the tools, I guess I use in my personal projects as well. Yeah. That's, the, ama- oh, Go ahead, that's, that's the amazing thing about kind of the, uh, the, our, our realm of, you know, the career world is that there's so many different paths you can take. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can do design, you can, do, you can, and then when you get into de- development, there's so many different branches yeah. you can take and it's all about finding, you know, the area, like you said, that, that you fit into that you enjoy that makes you happy and, and and ultimately that's what matters in your career like you know yeah money yeah quote success but if you're not happy what you're doing what's the point yeah i uh, if i can throw an extra link into whenever this yeah. gets posted um i'll give you the link to the recording of the talk which gets into like exactly what you just said if people want to check that out yeah yeah definitely. please please add that to the show notes okay you know, I was going to ask about your courses and, and being honest and transparent with people. You're, you have a few courses on your website here. You're probably making, what, about uh, $100,000 a day on these courses, <laughs> right? Uh, so I think people probably think like, oh, you make these courses and you're West yeah. Boss and, you, you know, you, you could sit back and uh, you know, dri- <laughs> drive around in your, uh, in your boat made for the land all day. Like, like yeah. what's, what's, what's realistic about uh, making courses, publishing content, uh, and all that that goes with it. Sure. I like the one thing that people don't realize is like, you have to market stuff and you have to be a designer because if stuff doesn't look really appealing, people aren't going to want it either. And so like, those are two sets of skills that I like literally have zero experience in. So I'm always trying to get better one at design. And then I can't tell you how many hours I've spent like researching like best time to post videos and best thing to do for SEO and like 
where should I, I literally just went through this, like not midlife crisis, early life crisis, where I was trying to figure out where <laughs> in the hell I was going to host, like all the email addresses that I have, which is not mm. that many. Um, and it was looking at like, if I scale, it's going to cost this much in this different route. And I have this other platform that I can do anyway. Like it was this whole thing of trying to figure all that out. And again, this is on top of like, I have a regular job. I'm still trying to do like weekly videos and stuff. So it's, it's, it's definitely a challenge and it's a challenge because of all of the things that comes with it. Um, there's this really tough challenge of like, I don't know if people think I post too much about my stuff, but like everything I read is like, you have to share your stuff. And I feel like a little obnoxious being like, Oh, I did this new thing. I did this new thing, which I, I do because that's what like, in theory, that's what you're, you're supposed to share. Uh, but that feels a little awkward sometimes, but like, I don't know if you're putting me on the spot for money or not, but I, I don't care at all. Um, the most recent course that I launched is react and serverless course. Go check it out. Um, and it's, I, a lot of people said that I kind of undersold it, but I didn't in terms of the cost, it's 40 bucks. And I didn't quite think that I had the audience to really drive sales at a higher number, but that one is at like 1600. Um, so like, if you look at the hours that I put into it, probably not that much money per hour, but for me, it was one, I, I went into a new platform. I kind of got into some new technologies and I did all this stuff around email and kind of thinking about marketing. So it's really a longer term thing for me that hopefully my next one is like that much bigger. Um, oddly enough, I have a, a VS code course on Udemy and I think I just kind of found that niche. So on Udemy, they do all the marketing. I don't, I didn't have to do any of it, which is great. And that's been out about a year and a half and I've made like 14 grand off that, which like for me, that's huge, especially like, I don't know how many hours I put in, but like, that's a pretty good amount of money to me, but it's definitely not like whatever West boss and all the top creators make, right? Like it's a totally different story. That would be like, if I made that type of money, I would be doing that stuff full time. Yeah. I, I've seen him drive around in Canon and his Lamborghini Diablo. So. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> JK West we boss. You, yeah. you, de you definitely learned a lot making it too. I mean, I think it's like yeah. a, pr a progression. You start out, you're maybe you're at least at, you know, $40 and that's the one you're at least at a hundred dollars. Uh, uh, I mean, definitely recognize the the value in what you do because you know, it, your work is great. I've watched a few of your videos too, and you're kind of, you, you downplay the quality and you want to make it more of a cinematic, but you know, there's something really nice too about watching a video and it's like an, a person, it's not someone who, has a set and it's all like fancy yeah. up it's more genuine and uh, you know yeah. you feel more connected to the person too yeah so. i appreciate that yeah i think the the person that i am probably most like i would i would imagine is kind of like brad traversy stuff is just like all right we're gonna build some shit and that's what he does right there's no there's not really yeah. any extra fluff to it it's just like right down to it and but he's able to do it like full time, which is different, but he's able to do like, just nail every single category of topic that he gets into. Right. And he, he'll do like the so-and-so crash course. And like, those are the de facto things that people look at. And once you start catching on as being that person that people go to, the growth is just so much higher than like trying to bring people in versus people that are already like there. And that's the thing that they're looking for. Yeah. It's about just putting out content. You'll have exponential growth at some point. Hopefully. <laughs> Besides the uh, just do it advice uh, sure. for someone who wanted to make YouTube videos or, and, and, you know, do what you're doing, like what, what suggestions uh, would you give, give a person? All right. So I'll start with the, just do it. <laughs> I said, don't do that. <laughs> uh, but I, I will, I will go on. It's important so, to say that though. Yeah, I know. I think 
So in, depending on how you interpret just do it, I think there's my perspective on the just do it part is like, you might be nervous. You might think people will hate it. You might think that you'll mess up and it won't be the highest quality content out there in terms of just do it. Just, just know that that's okay. And like, if you look at my first video and anybody's first video, it's a dramatic difference in uh, watch camera. And, yeah. Right. <laughs> camera lighting, uh, microphone sound, um, the th- the topics you actually cover, the, how comfortable you are speaking it, like it comes with experience. I think one, one thing that people can do, um, and this is not necessarily just with content creation, but if, if you have questions, like ask people, I had a one-on-one with someone today that I had never met. He took one of my courses and he wanted to just kind of ask some advice because he's looking to make a transition in his career. And actually, I don't know if West Boss remembers this, but like four years ago, I reached out to him before he got to be as big a name as he is now. And I was like, hey, I saw your Flexbox course on YouTube. I'm getting back into doing content. Can I talk? And can we talk? And can I ask you some questions? And like, he gave me a cell phone number. We like talked on the phone for like 45 minutes. Oh, wow. So that was really special. Like that's that, that I think is something that can help a little bit with like imposter syndrome. Um, and then going back to being comfortable while you're speaking, like don't, don't push too far. Don't try to do something too fancy. Start with something small, about five minutes and think about something you learned in the last week, right? Like no matter how small that thing is, you learned it and someone else out there hasn't learned it. Like as a content creator, everything that I do every day, every tool I use, every line of code I write, someone doesn't know that thing, right? So that's content that could go out there. So you can pick something that like you've learned recently or you've been doing for a while and that makes you comfortable doing it. You can do something really small. You can like, there's all kinds of YouTube videos about how to do a low, low budget, YouTube video and you can buy a, a $20 mic or a $20 lapel mic and um, you can use your built-in webcam or buy a webcam. It, it's not too much, right? So like the opportunity is there. So just do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I ask for somewhat selfish reasons too, because sure. I, I've been wanting to do it myself for a while now, but I'm, I did one live stream and it was, to me, it was horrible. Uh, like we're the worst thing ever. Uh, because, like nerves or well, link in the show notes, everyone. No, it's not. It's not anywhere. It's not anywhere out there. I made sure of that. Um, it was deleted immediately. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But I, I think the main issue I had was, you know, the time frame, the amount of content. Uh, I said it too quickly. Uh, I think that's like a major issue that I have, which is weird because on the show, I mean, I'm not like speed talking i don't think but um, as you like intentionally slow down <laughs> yes i intentionally slow down That's to right. make sure i'm yeah. not talking <laughs> fast um yeah that was the main problem that i think i had and that's it's nice to hear insights yeah well i mean and that's yeah. like if you ask for any speaking advice in general that's usually what people say right slow down and and take your time Pause. and take deep breaths and stuff and we actually, this is kind of cool for me. Um, we have like paid for some time with speaker with a speaker coach, uh, oh, the nice. team at all zero. So I've gotten to like get into and have conversations about being really intentional about pauses and when you do them for dramatic effect and when you do them to like calm yourself down and like breathing techniques to calm yourself down because most speakers are probably the same, but like I'm nervous as hell before I go on and talk. The thing that's different for me though is like, no matter how nervous I am, I know within the first three minutes, I'll settle in and I'll like catch my groove. So I know it will pass. But if you don't know that's going to pass, that's a really scary feeling to walk into a group full of people being like super nervous and like your voice yeah. is shaky and all that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. Frederick and I did uh, for an end conf. Uh, we did a mm. you know about you know running a podcast, having a podcast, how to start yeah. your own. Yeah, I Frederick may not have realized it, but I was like absolutely bashed <laughs> nervous. Like I, I was like, real going on stage. I was like, I'm I'm gonna faint on the stage, right? <laughs> definitely, that's gonna happen. I'm gonna fall I was into him up, up and down. <laughs> and then you just leave them and like keep on going. Like you got the show's got to go on, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah he, hey, what he, are you gonna he, do? I feel like Frederick yeah. would actually. I mean, afterwards he'd care about me, but yeah. he'd want to no, make I'll be sure. All right. yeah. yeah, I'd probably sit on you as like a prop and keep going. People would have thought it was funny. <laughs> they probably would have. You, you know, one of the things that I want to touch on uh, that, that, that you said a, a few moments back, James, was about uh, reaching out for help and how you oh, called uh, West Boss. Oh, God, we're talking about him a lot. I'm going to have to uh, add him. Uh, Shout out to West no- Boss. By the way, what's his <laughs> number again? on live on the <laughs> But, but you, you reached out to someone and, you know, they were, they were a human being and they said, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be happy to help you out. Here's my phone number. I think a lot of times we have this perception of maybe people that we put on these uh, fabricated pedestals. Mm, pedestals, yeah. That, yeah, that that they they're not they're not real human beings, but no. everybody's a human being. And just just reach out to some of these people and and ask them like, hey, can I can I talk to you for like ten minutes? I know like uh, some of the people that we've spoken with, like um, Faisal Abbott uh, jumps in my head. How he he has like right on his uh, website and Twitter and everything like, hey, I, I you know schedule a meeting with me. I have he has a thing like every Wednesday where he has yeah. an opportunity for somebody to just schedule a meeting with him for an hour, no matter who they are, just talk. So like yeah. these people are, are out there. They, they're not, they're not, um, uh, non-humans. They're, they're approachable. Go ahead and, and connect with them. Talk with them. They, 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 they want to help. Everybody wants to see if they could give back a little bit. Yeah. So there's, there's definitely like the genuine want to give back. There's also like the like ego thing, right? Like if you say, Hey, like I really have a lot of respect for the things you do. I'd like to learn from you. Like, Oh yeah. I mean, I'd be happy to share the things that I know, you know? So like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, there's a feel good thing regardless. Um, yeah. and, and for people out there, if you go ask a bunch of people, if you can talk to them, you're going to hear no's and no responses. That's totally fine. Like it's still people's time. Uh, but yeah, it never hurts. I've, I've had a couple of like, I like content creator, I like not a crush, but like a, just being shocked that someone would like talking to West boss on the phone. It's like, Holy shit, I'm talking to West boss. And uh, Ryan Chenke, I've like laughed at this with him. If, if you know him, I was at a conference in Salt Lake City a couple of years ago and I had watched his course on AngularJS on YouTube. And that was like the one thing that got me started with AngularJS. And I was walking with this other guy I just met and he was like, oh, this other guy next to him. He's like, oh, this is Ryan. And I looked at him, I was like, holy shit, are you Ryan Chenke? <laughs> and like had this really <laughs> over-exaggerated reaction to someone who had like a pretty good like series of videos on YouTube, like not a celebrity, but it was, like I had the same putting people on a pedestal as, as most people do. Um, and this is not like a cliche at all either. Cause we're here, but Brian, I was going to say, if, if you want to talk more about video stuff, I'd be happy to talk about it with you. If you, if, if you want to do that later on. Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll reach out to you. So one of the things that we haven't touched on, which I, I think is uh, probably important here is uh, what you actually do. You are a, Senior Developer Advocate at Auth0. So first, let's talk about, just explain to the audience really quick, what actually is Auth0 and what, what are the services? Yeah, so the, the easiest thing is, as a developer, if I want to create an application and I want to let users log in, right? You could go and if you're a JavaScript person, you could build a node back in and you could 
um, create user tables and login flows and all that kind of stuff. And if you want to integrate with a social provider, you have to figure out how to go and do that. So simplest thing, you want to add login authentication to your application. All zero facilitates the majority of the legwork for you. Like all the, all the really deep technical, like security details, all the deep workflows, OAuth2 and OpenID connect that like usually uh, makes people's eyes glaze over, right? That stuff's taken care of for you. Like Auth0 is just your integration point to do that. Um, on top of like authentication, if you get specific, then there's also authorization, like being able to protect your API endpoints and doing stuff like that. Um, generating tokens for you if you use um, JSON web tokens for authorization. Um, so yeah, all of that stuff is really uh, just abstracted away. Our goal is to make it as easy as possible to, uh, to let developers build secure applications. And you can even create, uh, I, I didn't dive too deep into it, so correct me if I'm wrong here. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did set up a React app and got it working, but cool. can you actually create um, like profiles, like different types of accounts? I, it seemed like you could, but I didn't dive deep into the admin. Uh, it, it looked like it was there, and was I right? You can, yeah, there's like, you can attach certain properties. Yeah. Um, there's a limit to how much you can attach like in the Auth0 database itself. Yeah. Um, what you could do is like, you could attach some properties that way through like rules is our customization layer and you can kind yes. of do mostly anything you want. Um, then you could also have like, if you needed a lot of extra pieces of information, you could potentially like take those to your own database as well. So if you have a database for like your to-do items and whatever other things you're storing, you could also have additional information about, um, about users. And the thing like, to me, that seems a little odd, right? Like Auth0 is giving you a user and then you save extra things in the database. But the really powerful thing is doing the authorization piece. So the generation, the generation of the JSON web tokens, which are used as access tokens, which then get sent to the APIs, you have complete uh, ability to validate that that token is valid and that whoever is making the request, wherever the request is, will have access to do the thing that they're doing and updating or deleting or whatever records are in the database. So there's a couple, a couple of different ways you could go with that depending on what the specific scenario was. Yeah, I, I mentioned, uh, you, you all are sponsors of the show, of course, but <laughs> I had, I've mentioned in one of the uh, sponsor reads that, about how quick it was and it was like ridiculously quick. Like I swear yeah. it was under 10 minutes that I had, I would log in working, which is, was absolutely bonkers. Yep. I, I would I'd compare it to Rails, but Rails would take forever to actually do the Install initial setup. Or like yeah. setup. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we actually, a um, little, little shout out here, just released our brand new, um, a week or two ago officially, um, React SDK for all zero. So like before we had a Ooh. spa JS, uh, which we still do, but we had like a, just a generic spa library and you would in the quick start that's in Auth0, you'd basically copy a bunch of code and like paste it into your code base and make it work. And it wasn't that bad. You just copied a big block of code and didn't necessarily know what it did and it's fine. Now, like that's even abstracted even more. So we have the React specific SDK and like I have a video that I've recorded that I haven't sent on Twitter yet about like adding it in one minute, which is like, I've got some stuff set up, but just like the basic things of what minute. you need to do. Yeah. Are you doing the Rubik's cube um, while you're doing this? Doing, yeah, at the same time. <laughs> and then we'll see, see if we can finish it uh, in under a minute. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Well, let's talk about what you actually do. So you're a senior developer advocate. What does that mean? 
First of all, no one's told me what senior meant. Um, I, that's that's the title that I got when I came. I just in, figured so like, you were an eighty-seven-year-old man. I, I, I thought yeah, that no, was... like super super old. Um, I guess. I, I, yeah, see I the video know. for audio <laughs> listeners. Watch the video. You'll see gray hair. Yeah. So, so yes, um, it actually is getting thinner, which I'm kind of subconscious about. But that's a different story. Um, <laughs> as a like developer advocate, is if people have heard of these people or roles at other companies, it's usually pretty similar, but basically like we are the face of all zero to the customer. Like we are, or I say that customer is not the right word because that's not what we use in DevRel to the community, to the developers in the community. None of it's sales driven. Like we're not, we're not trying to force people to go sign up and like get a paid tier of all zero. Our job is to be genuine members of community, earn trust in the community. The idea is like, if we earn enough trust and you have enough respect for us, when you come to a point where you need authentication in your app, you're like, huh, that James guy was kind of cool. And I heard him talk about his one minute video of doing authentication in React. Maybe I'll check that out. So a lot of it is, I mean, we do stuff like this. We get on uh, podcasts, we do conference talks in person if they're available and virtual if not. Been doing a lot of live streams. We're getting more into YouTube videos and just being out there, just engaging with people and, and trying to earn trust. I imagine it must be um, kind of difficult right now with the, the COVIDs, you know, because a lot of it was probably not not just the virtual community, but getting out into the physical yeah. community to do this. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, obviously, you substitute that with whatever you can. Like I said, the conferences that I've done virtually have been great. I've gotten opportunities to spend more time live streaming because I'm not traveling. So like, I've gotten to meet a bunch of people that way. That's been really helpful. And I've done some of those like random one-on-ones with people that are kind of interested in just asking questions and hanging out and chatting. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, you can't fully replace it. Obviously it's a different thing, but it's, it's opened up time for some other opportunities as well. And you, you basically have the, uh, the, the perfect job for you too, you know, the learn, build, teach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it fits. Yeah. And that's one of the, like, that's, this is specifically what I wanted to get back into. Like I knew, I was going to FedEx at work and I enjoyed that, but I was thinking about the video that I would create for the next day and the conference I was going to pay for myself to go and speak at. And I realized like, this is the thing that I want to do full time and I uh, wanted to get back into it. So it's exactly what I was looking for. And there's, there's so much overlap, right? Like obviously with the stuff that I do personally that I get to like kind of gain from both, right? If I learn something at work, I get to use that personal. If I learn something at home and, and creating videos, I get to apply that back at work as well. Uh, we're actually, yeah, we're actually in close to the end. Uh, one thing we like to do at the end is a lightning round, I don't, which basically we each ask you a question. Uh, you sure. you answer it, and when the next person asks the question, it's it's all for all for you. Um, so I will have I'll make Frederick go first. Favorite okay. cartoon as a kid? Uh, Doug. What's ah, it's a good one. Doug, yeah. Yeah. What chore do you absolutely hate doing? I hate putting away the dishes after I wash them. Hate oh, it. Sorry. Like I'll wash the dishes all day. Yeah. I hate putting them away. I'm with you. <laughs> I, honestly, not, not, not jokingly asking you this authentically. What is your favorite thing about yourself? <laughs> favorite thing. About they always myself. laugh. <laughs> yeah. I, like, how no, do they you... don't always laugh. <laughs> They probably go, oh shit, like I don't like anything about myself. I don't know. Um, I I've have really found my confidence in my career and I'm really proud to have confidence in my career and I feel like 
my, the talk that I mentioned earlier is about taking control of your career. And I feel like I'm very empowered to do that. And I like having that feeling. I like feeling like if I have something I'm not happy with, I, I make positive efforts in the right direction. So I'm really proud to like have that mentality. And I, I guess that would be my favorite thing about myself. Uh, what was your favorite fairy tale growing up? Fairy tale. I, I don't know. Like I'd be lucky to just like name one. Um, <laughs> like, I, like what's it like Cinderella is a fairy tale. Like, I don't know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Along those lines. Yeah. Sure. I like Cinderella. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> let's go Cinderella. Cause I don't Cinderella. I don't, next I, question. I don't have a whole, a whole list to like choose from right now. J- James, if you, do you play an instrument? And if you do, what instrument? I played violin through high school. I haven't played since high school. Um, so I don't play anything anymore, but, uh, fun fact, I actually, uh, I rap, uh, in my personal time. Um, mm. so I make, I make rap music sometimes. It's not really an instrument, but it's fun. Cool. Me too. Well, you're in the circus. Would you rather be the person with their head inside the lion's mouth or get shot out of the cannon? I like shot. I feel like shot out of the cannon is safer. Oddly enough, I, I, really? I don't know. Like, how can you? <laughs> You're getting you shot trust, out of a cannon. How can you trust the lion? I don't. Exactly. You, you might know. land somewhere safe. Yeah, but I would. <laughs> I've always wanted to um, to have like a a tiger cub or a lion cub. Like, I always thought that'd be so much fun to have as a pet. But then they grow up, and it's not as much fun. Watch Tiger King. You'll you'll change your mind, James. You come home. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't make it through it. <laughs> It gets good. Trust me. James, it's late at night. It's probably like three in the morning. You come home. It's pouring cats and dogs. You open a door, all the power's out. You see a ghost. What do you do? Salt. (laughs) And then you burn them. Someone's watched Supernatural. I put a, I put a little (laughs) ring around myself. So Supernatural is, can you see that? Yeah. Oh, there we go. I missed it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Or no, I just call Sam and Dean and I tell them. Yeah, just call Sam and Dean. Get the Winchester boys out there. (laughs) Get them to drive all the way across the country. And somehow they're there before I get eaten by the ghost or whatever. Hey, that happens every episode. I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Would you rather be able to copy and paste your life or undo? copy and paste my life or undo would you rather be able to copy and paste in real life or undo in real life Mm, i i don't know i i'm not i'm usually not like a i don't look back and like wish i did things differently that's not really my mentality so like undo is not really it but i'm trying to think of like what i would copy and paste i don't know money sure well that would be nice yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, to provide that context. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. makes sense. I would have chosen James, it anyway. I just didn't know what I was going to use it for. <laughs> <laughs> now you have an agenda. James, yeah. uh, if you could not use a computer for the rest of your life, no technology whatsoever, what would you do professionally? Uh, something sports related. I, I'm still a huge sports person. I am um, probably wouldn't have made it to like any... Um, professional level by any means but working in the sports realm um i was actually like part of our uh women's basketball team in college and that was a blast like just getting to hang out with them just be around the game learn like being on the sidelines and stuff um i thought that was so much fun so something sports related probably working in um in an organization of some sort like maybe doing like 
player relations. One of my friends does that uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks, which is pretty sweet. I think, I don't know if that's ex- his exact title, but that's basically what it does. So something, something being around sports. Cool. Where do you mind not waiting? If I have my phone, I'm usually okay. <laughs> like going back to not having technology. Like I oh, sat in the DMV for like two hours one time and I had my phone and I was like, okay, I'll hang out. <laughs> was there a specific place that you're just like, you know what, because it's this, I really just don't mind at all. Mm, I think it's more about my specific mood that day. Like if I'm in a decent <laughs> mood, then I'm okay. okay. I, yeah. I don't have a specific place though. Okay. Pet peeve. Gosh. Um, hmm. I think like not to get too political, but like there's tons of things that people kind of share blindly. It seems like, um, and I want to have more open conversations with people and like some of the things that people share, I don't think that's exactly how they feel. I think they just kind of share really quickly and don't necessarily, uh, know what the implications are of the things they share and what's going on. So that's been like, that's been a hot topic for me recently. Um, but all that to say, like, I hope that that sort of stuff leads to more like genuine conversations for people just to talk about whatever, honestly. If Mars was livable and you had a job there, would you accept a one-way ticket? No, not at all. I I don't try, like, I'm not going to be the first person who buys a self-driving car, right? Like I'm not, the, the software can't be that good the first time around. So whatever the trip is to Mars, like how many times has something actually gone there? a couple or whatever, like people gone there, none. Right. So I'm not going to be the first group of people to go to Mars <laughs> and realize that like the mask or the helmet doesn't work after a year. It's, fa- it's faulty. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not doing that. So I'll, I'll stay here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm out of spotlight questions. <laughs> okay. I have, I have one more. All what right. fact amazes you every time you think about it? Oh gosh. Um, the size of like the universe, like, I don't even know the specifics, but like stars and galaxies and stuff is like absolutely mind blowing. If you take like the size of the earth versus the sun versus the galaxy versus whatever is beyond that. Super it's cluster. like, it's, thank you. It's overwhelmingly like mind blowing for me. Like we can't even, I can't, um, begin to comprehend the size and scale of that sort of stuff. It's just wild. I agree. So- Last few questions that we have for you, right. uh, and, and we'll get to where you uh, wrap us out, is uh, <laughs> first, how, how can people find out more about you? Where do you want people to go? What's your, uh, what's your Twitter? What's your website for our, our, uh, our audio audience? Yeah. We'll obviously link all these things in the show notes. Sure. Uh, James Q. Quick, everything. Uh, JamesQQuick.com. Uh, Twitter is James Q. Quick. GitHub and Twitch and instagram and facebook and uh email is me at james q quick if you want to send me an email because you don't have any of those other platforms uh basically anything james q quick related youtube is james q quick as well oh what about soundcloud for the rap i actually don't know if i have one so here's the thing with me all of my most of my stuff never goes anywhere because i just grab beats off of youtube i don't make it myself so i don't have the rights, so i can't really publish them anywhere so i don't really have public stuff to share unfortunately Gotcha. You need to get a, uh, get on the garage band, just throw uh, some quick beats together. Throw it together. Yeah. One day. Yeah. So last question that we want to ask is, do you have any final parting words for the audience? Any words of wisdom, anything that you'd like to get out there? Sure. Um, I going back to the idea of like, if there's something that you're unhappy with or you want to change, um, 
start thinking about what those small steps are that you can take to get there. Like, I don't want to be the person that's like, all right, go ahead and change that thing and be done with being unhappy. Like it might take a, a month or uh, a year or years to accomplish whatever it is that you want to do, but start thinking about what those baby steps are and try to do something little every day and ask questions, right? We talked about reaching out to people and seeing if they would provide some assistance and advice and that sort of stuff. Like don't be afraid to put yourself out there and, and ask for help. And then, um, yeah, just put in the effort to try to make some very small changes along the way and be appreciative of, of them as well. Cause I think it's easy to just overlook everything that we've accomplished individually and the things that make us special and unique. So take, uh, take pride in that as well. Excellent. Love that. Brian, you got anything else? Uh, just thanks for taking the time to talk to us tonight. It's always, you know, time is the most valuable thing we have and spending it with us. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah. Awesome. I, yeah, had a, I had a great time. This is fun. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it. And thanks everybody for watching. Really appreciate you spending your uh, evening with us and watching and we'll see you next time. Take care all. Thanks for consuming the Thunder Nerds. We honestly and sincerely appreciate you watching and or listening to the show. Please subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. Write us review, kick a few stars our way. And above all else, please remember to send your favorite book suggestions to Brian Hinton. I, I like romance novels. They have happy endings. Oh man, I am rude. I am, I am rude. <laughs> oh, I guess no one's watching. That's shocking. <laughs> exactly. I love Frederick. I love Frederick. I love Frederick. I love Frederick. I should have known the Terrator didn't mean us any harm when the Sword of Omens didn't obey me. And anyway, it was just plain stupid to assume it might be bad. Just what the <laughs> fuck am I talking about?